0: Today we have a special guest for you. It's my good friend from 106.7 The Fan, the flagship station of the Washington Nationals, and that is Toby Altizer. You can hear him giving his opinions on the Washington Nationals, and he's got some hot opinions coming today, I can guarantee you that. We'll get into that right after this.
1: You are locked on Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever. You get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for Nationals baseball in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And before we get with Toby Altizer from 106.7 The Fan, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash today. get started and now we bring in toby altizer from 106.7 the fan and toby how are you my friend
1: doing good man what's uh excited to talk some nationals talk so much commanders and everything else i want to get into baseball season i'm excited about it excited to talk about this i don't know if it's an exciting season coming up but this (laughs) season coming up
0: i know And, and you know what toby it's funny you mentioned that like i we're baseball nerds you're yeah. from what I've known. You seem to be like a baseball nerd, like myself. We embrace the little things when it comes to baseball, and I think the little things could be considered the big things when talking about it. When looking at the big picture with some of these young guys, and so therefore, if you were to ask me, am I excited for baseball? I know you are. I am as well. Yeah, I, mean, I want to watch excited. the young guys.
1: I'm excited to see what these young guys got. I mean, they're going to get opportunities this year. Some of the guys are still in the minors working their way up. And I'm sure we're going to dive into some of these guys a little bit mm-hmm. deeper today. But I'm excited to just see what some of the guys that you've got in these trades. I mean, obviously, we're not watching guys that we grew accustomed to watching every single day anymore. Instead, we got these guys from other teams coming in the Soto deal. You have the still the Turner and mm-hmm. Scherzer deal. You got all these guys to still keep an eye on. And I mean, the next couple of years are really going to decide whether those were the right moves or not.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And when I look at this team, you know, the starting pitching last year, we know why the Washington Nationals were as bad as they were last year. And, yes, the position players were not all that great. Sending off Juan Soto and Josh Bell, major deals at the deadline. But then again, you look at the starting pitching. And I think last year, I mean, this is not a thought. It's not even an opinion. It's a fact. It was a terrible starting pitching rotation. Steven Strasburg was injured the entire year. Patrick Corbin was one of the worst starting pitchers in all of baseball, statistically. Josiah Gray gave up the most home runs in Major League Baseball, led the NL in walks. And then again, there wasn't really much upside. But looking again at this year, I'm kind of seeing some upside with guys like Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli, Josiah Gray bouncing back. There is upside
1: for this team. Is that like a crazy thought? Well, so I talked about this the other night on 106.7 The Fan. When you look at Josiah Gray, his big thing is consistency. Because if you look at, maybe I can pull up the numbers that I went through the other night, but I believe he made 28 starts. And 12 of those starts, he ended up giving up more than five runs. But on the flip side, 12 other starts, he went five innings and gave up two or fewer runs. Mm -hmm. So you can look at it like the dude had some really good outings. And really it's not like it was only a handful, twelve, maybe even a couple more outings that were you could consider solid. Maybe not a yeah. quality start by the statistic, but a good quality start in terms of what you're looking for in modern major league baseball of going five and still keep keeping your team in it. The problem is he had so many outings where he was leaving early because he'd already given up five, six, seven, eight runs. <laughs> if he can limit those, that ERA of five. You, you look at it at first glance and think, oh, it's repulsive because it's so hot. Yeah. But if you take it back and look at the context, he has some good outings. He just has to be more consistent. And I think that's what we got accustomed to with guys like Strasburg, Scherzer, uh, Corbin for a, basically a year, where even when they weren't on their A game, they found a way to give you a quality outing. Josiah Gray hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's funny you kind of brought that curtain back a little bit because
0: I've looked at that as well. And when you look at Gray's, like, game logs, it's like – and it seems simple just saying it for us to, you know. It's like we're not out there pitching every five days. But then again, like, you look at it and you look at all the game logs from this past year, and it's like if you were to just not give up three home runs this game or two home runs that game, what would his stats look like? And then again, those – three home run games that he's given up Two home run games that he's given up. It's like you look at that and you're like, damn, if this guy were to just cut down on it just a little bit, what could he be? We don't really know. But then again, also the expectation is that he should be a lot better this year. And then again, he has the stuff to be a top of the line type of pitcher. I'm not saying an ace. I just don't see him as that.
1: Well, it's tough when you get traded in a deal with Max Scherzer You're expected to fill those shoes, and that's just simply not going to happen. And to expect him to be an ace, a number two, maybe even a number three starter at this point, I don't know how realistic that is. But he can slot in somewhere in your rotation, and that's what you've got some of these other guys for. Hopefully Cavalli can show that he's going to be a middle to top of the rotation type of guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was at one point the top pitching prospect all of baseball, so he can be an ace or a number two. And then, you know, you look at it, that's three out of the five, hopefully for the future of the Nationals. And if you get to a point where you're competitive again, you can go sign a guy in free agency, maybe to be the ace. So you don't have to depend on all the young guys. I think the Nationals, in terms of a rebuild, are in a good spot with these pitchers. Now it's just about getting these guys to their potential. Exactly. And, you
0: know, also like with free agent acquisitions, obviously the Nationals weren't active at all this offseason and really making any acquisitions, making any splashes. But the one quote-unquote splash you could say they made was Trevor Williams. Mm -hmm. And Trevor Williams, looking at it, this is what I've been saying the entire offseason. Trevor Williams is a fine pitcher. Is he a good starting pitcher? I don't think so. And the reason why I say that is the reason why he was so productive last year for the Mets was because he played that swingman role the role that we've seen Paolo Espino play over the last couple of years here in Washington, D.C., and then again, looking at Trevor Williams and what he does best, it's not being a starting pitcher. It's coming down to be the fireman, having the starting pitcher get lit up in the first few innings. Then you have Trevor Williams come in. He's going to eat some innings. He's going to relax the bullpen, and he's just going to be the guy to kind of spray the house down and really just kind of – limit the innings for the bullpen and that issue with me I can't get past just looking at the fact that we're not going to be using him to his strengths does that is it crazy for me to that to say that that bothers
1: me like is that a weird thing to say I mean you'd like to see guys put in their best position possible to succeed and maybe they're not going to use him but at the same point like you need someone to be a starting pitcher with this. We talked about it at the beginning. We need someone. <laughs> this isn't like gonna be an exciting baseball season, and it's probably not gonna be measured in terms of a successful season in terms of nationals fans and us covering the team in wins and losses. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna probably be, I would say, at least a hundred losses again this season. And so you need someone to come out there and eat innings because at some point guys are just you're going to have too many innings to cover. So I think having him as a starter, maybe he can give you something. I like these ideas of taking some guys that maybe haven't got the opportunity like a Dominic Smith that haven't gotten a full opportunity. And who knows, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and you can maybe trade them at the deadline, or you find a guy that can stick with you for a couple more seasons and can plug a hole. I think they're maybe going to try the same thing with a Trevor Williams. And I think that what they learned in free agency last year after signing Nelson Cruz is The idea of signing all these guys to one-year deals to deal them at the deadline for more prospects, they liked that idea, and then it backfired with Nelson Cruz basically sticking around because he didn't live up to the potential. So I think what they did this season with the free agency is let's bring in guys that we're not necessarily looking to deal at the deadline. We're looking at maybe being long-term pieces with this franchise. They just have to show us a little bit more of what their potential is this season, and we can see if they can be a long-term piece for us.
0: You know, that's actually a great point, thinking about it from that perspective. And one thing that I thought of in here, I do want to wrap up this pitching conversation and move on to some talking about some younger pieces with C.J. Abrams and a couple others in there, Kiber Ruiz as well, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, and really focus on those young pieces around. But I do want to wrap up this pitching segment with just a quick little quick fire with you. The Steven Strasburg pitch this year in 2023.
1: I don't think he pitches ever again.
0: Okay, there we go, which I I agree with that sentiment, I believe. But last one, who's the ace for this starting pitching
1: staff? Um, At the start of the year, probably Trevor Williams, to be honest with you. Uh, at the <laughs> end of the season, I'm hoping Mackenzie Gore. That's a fair answer.
0: I, I believe it's Mackenzie Gore. I, I love Mackenzie Gore. I've had this fascination with him stemming back from 2020 where I just saw him pitch one time. I've seen all the Fangraphs videos, and it's like, I like that guy. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just that easy for me to fall in love with starting pitching. But, uh, Toby, we're going to get into some young prospects here with CJ Abrams and kind of talk about their ceilings because, you know, you and I both, it's about the prospects this year. So we got to talk about these young guys. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about my friend's over on Fanduel, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is a perfect time to download Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fanduel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Guys, tonight there's NBA action all loaded. This Friday night, I'm taking the Warriors' money line. It's that easy. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back into it with Toby Altizer from 106.7 The Fan. You can hear him most days and weekends as well. There's no set schedule in radio. We both work in radio. We know how it works. The schedule's all jumbled up. We never know when we're working and when we're not. So I mean, would we'll love to plug that. But all that's how place. it goes. It's all over the place, just like this Washington Nationals team. But then again, Toby, this season I've been talking about the two Ds. Draft and development. That is what the Nationals 2023 season is about. You got the number two overall pick. You have the farm system again. It's now time to let them cook. So I look at C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams, he's got the tools. I just look at him and I'm like, man, I want this to work. And I look at it and I some people make the comparison back to Trey Turner. Some people do say that because it's like, well, he wasn't really a power back coming out of the minor leagues. He's a hit tool guy. He's going to play solid defense and he's going to run like hell on the bases. And eh, I just don't really see that comp with well, Turner. I think
1: lofty, that's a lofty expectation. Of
0: exactly. Yeah. And Trey Turner, I mean like, yes, yeah, CJ Abrams was a top 10 prospect at one point entering last season, but also Trey Turner is Trey Turner. And, like, coming out of the minor leagues, Trey Turner had a
1: lot of time to develop. C.J. Oh, Abrams was
0: not the case.
1: <laughs> one thing I don't like that people do, it happens in all the sports. It's happening a little bit with baseball. I see it all the time with football. Don't put expectations on a guy to be someone that's a generational type of guy. Like, Trey Turner is the fastest dude in major baseball. Expect someone to come up and be Trey Turner is kind of crazy. Like, expecting a quarterback to come up and be Patrick Mahomes crazy yeah. things so let these guys kind of grow into what they're going to be let them figure out what you know who is Mackenzie gore let him be mckenzie gore Don't turn him into max scherzer or clayton kershaw or still you know let these guys really grow into what they can become and then once they get to a point where they're stars you know then you can start comparing them to other guys but let's just temper the expectations a little bit so that these guys aren't underperforming according to our viewpoints Exactly. And, you know, with C.J. Abrams, something
0: that I was looking at for this spring last year, he lacked the power. He got on base. You yeah. saw the hit tool. He was putting the ball in play. He struck out a little more than I'd like. And I want to see him take more walks. Definitely. That's something that we can all agree on. But also, I've noticed with this swing this year, a lot more hard drives are hard drives, line drives, a lot more hard hit balls. The exit velocity is way up compared to what it was this time last year. So it's starting to feel like it's kind of clicking with CJ. And that's kind of an exciting part of it because if CJ can be a big piece to this rebuild, if he pans out, I mean, that is a big deal. And obviously the nationals
1: are banking on him to pan out. We just want to see results. He was one of the top prospects in baseball The Padres had a spot for him because of an injury with Tatis. So they rushed him a little bit. In all all honesty, he probably should have spent the majority, if not all of last season, still playing in minor league baseball to continue to develop. We should be talking about him coming up this year. So it's not a surprise to me that last season he wasn't full living up to the potential. This year he's kind of working through things. But once you get up to the big league, now you're finding a way to figure out how it works. He's getting regular playing time. I'm excited to see what he can become because you're right. I mean, I think if if the Nationals are going to be a team that we're hopefully talking about playing baseball again relatively soon, it's going to be guys like Gore and Abrams, a lot of the guys that you got in the Soto deal that are going to be the key cogs to this franchise turning it around. Exactly, and I'm just looking
0: at this now. C.J. Abrams was drafted in the top 10 back in the 2019 draft. He only played in 114 games all the way dating back to last year in the minor leagues. Yeah. That is not a lot for someone who was drafted in the top 10 out of high school. He's not Bryce Harper. This wasn't someone who is some guaranteed slam dunk top overall prospect. So this was kind of out of the ordinary to see how he got called up so quickly and just how he handled it. And also last year with the Padres and people try to understand or they don't really understand why he was called up so early. And it's kind of simple to the fact that they were in win now mode They need a talent at shortstop to fill that hole of Fernando Tatis. And let's say C.J. Abrams was drafted by the Nationals back in 2019 in the top 10. He would, as you said, he would still probably be down in the minor leagues just because it's – or he would probably be on the fringe of getting called up right now. But then again, these prospects, it's tough to kind of pinpoint what they can and can't be when you've only really been in the league for so long. He missed 2020 with the COVID year. There was no minor league baseball. He was just down in in Arizona in their complex league, kind of hitting BP every
1: single day. That's really all they had. Well, and that's the thing that I think people forget as well. I mean, honestly, I've even forgot about it, is that 2020 season really stunted a lot of prospects' growth because unless Mm -hmm. they were able to – be good enough at that point to be a part of the league or was it the whole man roster got to continue to practice together and actually play real baseball then you kind of just had a whole year to sit around and hopefully keep your tools where they were at but you didn't really get to refine it at all so yeah I mean we'll see this season and I think this is a year that you can really judge whether you know it's he's trending up or trending down but I, I wouldn't take too too much from what last season was in terms of what C.J. Abrams can be. I think this year is really going to be the measuring stick of is this guy going to be a big part of the future or did maybe he just not live up to the potential?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because also with San Diego, a lot of people are like, man, they drained their system with that Juan Soto trade. And yes, they obviously did. But then again, they got another shortstop and he's a young guy. I think he's 19 years old. Jackson Merrill, who is killing the baseball down in spring training left-handed bat so then again the Padres really aren't missing too much with Abrams because it seems to be that they have another shortstop coming up who's going to plug that gap but I do want to get into let's end on key Ruiz because I think Kiba Ruiz is honestly a huge part to this foundation of the Nationals moving forward and that's not a hot take that's not some huge opinion it's what is expected when you're being traded for uh Max Scherzer and Trey Turner you're expected to be a solid baseball player moving up and especially when you look at Key Ruiz and what he has and hasn't done over the years I look at his progress at the plate I like the tools he has the power but since he has gotten into the major leagues we haven't really seen that power and his slugging percentage has been way down so what's your optimism there with Barrow Ruiz can he find his swing Can he hit for power once again? What are your thoughts?
1: I'm a big fan of Ruiz. I I really think that he can get to being one of the key parts of the rebuild for the Nationals. The problem is it can't be a season like last year where he's a solid everyday catcher if he plays like he did last season. But in terms of offense, I mean, plug him in the nine hole and he's a nine hole hitter for his whole career. Then you're looking at that Scherzer and Turner deal and looking at obviously what Gray can become. But if all you got is a catcher that really never contributes at the plate, then you're going to feel like you failed because this guy coming over supposedly could hit for power. You didn't see that. And he's Mm -hmm. someone that's a a unique guy, a switch hitting catcher that should be able to hit very well, something that at a position that kind of lacks a lot of hitting, you can bring in someone that kind of differentiates you. The Nationals have had good hitting catchers over the last, you know, really you go to Ramos guys like that. Mm-hmm. The nationals have had good hitting catchers. If Ebert Ruiz comes in and isn't able to hit, I feel like you're missing out on the real major aspect of why you traded for this guy. Cause getting it just a catcher. That's a good backstop. Who knows, depending upon what happens with some of the strike zone rules and whatnot, the catching position might become even less useful depending upon oh, all yeah. these different uh, electronic strike zone rules. So I'm optimistic that he can become a big part of this rebuild and be a good hitting catcher, but I'm I'm less encouraged going into this season than I was going into last season.
0: I get it. And you know what? That that's actually kind of brought up a thought that I want to get into right after I tell you guys about my friends over at Bill Bar and guys, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a built bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me when you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try built. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, it's real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy, only 130 calories four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about going to Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, Guys, you can thank me later. And now we get back into it with Toby Altizer. And Toby, I was thinking about this. You brought up, and this is to where I I think I might be going out on a limb on this. I haven't really had the feel about this. But I have a feeling that the catching position is just going to become more valuable. And why I say that and why I want Kiber Ruiz to work out, you see Adley Rutschman. You see Henry Davis, the former first-round pick from the New York Pirates, first overall pick as well. And then again, you look at someone like Diego Castillo, I believe, is what the top – or Diego Cartaya, rather, the top 15 prospect with the Dodgers, another young guy. I feel like the catcher position is going to have some huge renaissance over the next few years. I think people are going to be in love with what Adley Rutschman can do at the plate and what he can do behind the plate. And I think it's going to become this sexy position again. And teams are going to want to find their franchise catcher. I
1: think that is going to become a thing. (laughs) That's a little wild. (laughs) I don't know if I can get on board with that. I'm hoping with – talks of the electronic strike zone which it doesn't sound like they're going to go to a fully automated strike zone maybe they'll go to something of a challenge system there which i love the thing i don't want to see with the catching position i don't want to see it go to a fully automated strike zone where framing is useless being Mm -hmm. able to you know you've already seen it changed in ways that blocking pitches isn't really as important anymore as being in a able to frame you see guys getting down on a knee and not worried about giving up that base on a breaking ball in the dirt they're worried more so about framing pitches to get strikes so i i think it's sexy in a different way i don't know if it's going to be with the guys that are Mm -hmm. hitting home runs and because i just don't know if guys that are behind the backstop like that are going to just all of a sudden become stud hitters but at, at the same point I think as long as this strike zone is not automated, I think you're going to see more and more of these guys who are able to steal strikes becoming more and more important in the game of baseball, especially with this pitch clock and stuff too. If you can steal some strikes and do some different things and get the game moving a little bit quicker with things like Mm -hmm. that and throw guys out at the plate, that's going to become a more important thing. Throwing guys out at second because of the bigger bags and, All the things changing in baseball. I I mean, I think it could be revolutionized a little bit, but I doubt it's at the plate in terms of hitting. Hear me
0: out with this one. Think back to when Bryce Harper was drafted number one overall back in 2010. Mm -hmm. He was a catcher back then. Mm -hmm. He was a catcher. Nowadays, they moved him out of it. it. But nowadays, there's the DH. So all these athletes who have been catchers coming out of the draft. You don't have to be behind the plate the whole time. if You're getting drafted to a national league team. Guess what? You have a night game. The next day you have a day game. You don't have to sit on the bench and not play at all. And then come in for an at bat in the seventh inning anymore. You can not catch. And then you can also DH on that back end day. So that's why I've always kind of thought I'm like, I think the catcher position is going to be in some renaissance here. But then again, you also brought up something with like the electronic strike zone and everything, and I was taking away the value of the catching position, and that is all a true point. I've kind of just chosen to bury my head in the sand <laughs> when it comes to talking about electronic strike zones. I'm not for it.
1: Well, I'm real quick, human. To your point, I think it's a good idea. I do think that maybe you could see some of that. The issue is you're going to have to change how you construct your roster because instead of carrying yeah. two catchers, you're going to have to carry three. That's the it's reason true. I think that teams are going to be a little hesitant of it because just because I have Ruiz at DH and Riley Adams behind the plate, well, what happens? I can't just plug in Ruiz behind the plate now because he's my DH. So I think you got to be a little bit more careful on how you would construct the roster, and I'm not sure teams are going to give up an extra fielder for a third catcher on the roster.
0: That's true. and. Th- It could be a negotiating point, maybe like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm just trying to argue. I mean, if you have some
1: positional (laughs) positional flexibility and you got a couple guys that can maybe catch play first base, do a little bit of everything, maybe, but I don't know. I'm not all super utility. Yeah. Super super utility utility plays everywhere in the infield, everywhere (laughs) in the outfield and pitches. Why not? Exactly. And you know what?
0: But Hey, I I do want to get your, your thoughts on this. So I was talking about this the other day. And when talking about this nationals rebuild, A lot of people just think it's like, okay, you draft and then you develop and then it's done. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step back here real quick. The Mets are entering a championship window that could be open a decade plus. And who knows, it could be open for a whole generation with the way that Steve Cohen spends his money. Yeah, You look at the Braves. They have a decade window as well. Then you got the Marlins. They're a team on the rise. And you got the Philadelphia Phillies another team that could be on a huge window for a championship run for the next 10 years. But then again, we don't really know if that will be the case. Baseball is a wild sport. Things happen. Injuries happen. Freak things happen every year. But also, doesn't that kind of feel like we're not really factoring that into the equation of a rebuild
1: and how long this could take? I mean, I get where you're coming from because your division is going to be tough, so it's not like you can just squeak your way into the playoffs one year if your guys start developing a little bit and you get in. You're not going to be able to backdoor your way in by winning the division. But at the same point, I'm not really worried about the other four teams in the division. They can kind of do their own thing. you know. Give it a couple years, maybe two, three years down the road when you get some of these guys that we're watching in the minors, you get some of these guys in the majors playing at a – really high level and you get the pitching staff up to a point that it's competitive again, Mm -hmm. then we can kind of look at that. But for now, I don't, you can factor it in a little bit, but I'm almost more worried about, let's just make sure that everything in-house works out well. Let's make sure everything in-house is developed and worked out correctly. And then we'll worry about everything else going on around. But at the same point with baseball, we've seen it before teams spend big. They have these stacked rosters and they look like something that you put on a fantasy baseball team. And then they go out there and they lose in the first round of the playoffs. So they don't even make it to the World Series. So, you know, only one team can win it every year. And so a lot of teams are going to be disappointed. And that could be, you know, look at last year with the Phillies. Like they had an awesome year, but they didn't end Mm -hmm. up coming home with the trophy. So it's going to be an interesting thing to watch for sure. But I'd worry more so in-house than looking around the division.
0: I like it, Toby. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. And you can find that on Locked On Baseball, Locked On Fantasy Baseball rather, wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every day. Well, Toby, this has been a fun fun show. I love talking Nats baseball for you. And this certainly will not be the last one. We got a whole 162 game marathon. I'm sure you're going to be part of that a few times more (laughs) than probably you'd like. (laughs) For sure, man. For sure. I love talking Nats baseball. It's good to talk to you, man. Exactly, man. All right. Well, for Toby Altizer and Ryan Clary, I will catch you guys down the line. You have a good one and go Nats.